garbage everywhere, down trees. There's some of my roof over there in that field. We had a big oak tree right there by the pod. All our possessions are in there. That house is totally gutted. That's wow. all our cabinets that I'm gonna to try to give away. They're full of mold. Our yard was covered with their roof. So all, so all of these all roofs, these phone calls. all of these roofs have been replaced? Oh yeah, every, every roof in Lake Charles. So Joel Davidson is this lovely man. We got there very late at night on a Friday night. We knew we were going to Lake Charles, but we didn't know what we would find there. Pulled in next to his, what's it called, a pontoon boat. Um, when we woke up in the morning, we saw some guy walking around. It is kind of funny. We're living at your place and we hadn't met you. We gave him the Zoom number and he joined the class and Jeff. Well, I, I asked him, What's the difference between getting a card that your grandkid buys at the store or a card that your grandkid makes, makes for you and sends to you? I said, so the one that you make is so much better. And I said, so why? And we came up with the answer that when you make something, it contains something of you in it and the things that are in a tree and the things that are in a person both have an aspect of God in them. And so we're connected to the tree that way. The first people that show up or the tree people. They have to get rid of the stuff that fell. Oh, it's all over. On August 27th of last year, of 2020, when in the midst of COVID, they were hit with a gigantic storm. This is your outdoor kitchen? This is my, this is our kitchen. This is your kitchen now. On the ground there is my propane where I cook my gumbos or soups and stuff like that, but I put it up there. But worse than that, a month after the roofs were torn off, another storm came. Only this storm brought with it lots of rain. Yeah, I'm gonna have a bite out of this. Oh, you got to, you want me to toast it for you? It is you are delicious toast. You know what, Rabbi? I'm gonna go get the toaster for you and you're gonna toast No, 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 no it's, a, it's a And then he deal. took us to the synagogue and when we got to the synagogue, there was a couple there. We have somebody else at the temple. That's his partner. That's, oh, that's your wife. Stealing flowers. You guys come. <laughs> Got you, baby. She, members. She, members. And she walks out, and she's got a, she's kind of giggling, and she has a bouquet of flowers in her hand. You have very fine taste in flowers. <laughs> she said, you caught me. I was stealing the flowers. Well, you steal flowers from temple. Steal only the best. And he took us to his mother's house. Um, she came out in her bathrobe. Did I shake your hand? Oh, I'm sorry. We just because of this COVID thing, we don't want to be bringing anything to anybody. We're your newest temple members. Joining our temple. Fantastic. Oh, you have a kitty. They're traveling all over the country, meeting people to help the Jewish reform movement. So mom writes. So nice to have met you. Mom writes poems every year for her birthday. Poems. Poems. Your poem. Do you have you written your poem for '95 yet? No, not yet. So what's the 94? Nin I'm 95 and still alive. 90, what was yours for 94? Oh, I'm not closing the door. Right. <laughs> Do you remember 93? It's like perfume deep in the heart of Texas. Yeah, we had it all planned, the three things that you need to do a Havdalah. And we looked at the map and we're like, why don't we stop at the Beaumont Synagogue? Why not go at least see it? The person who was going to meet us had COVID. 
That's why they didn't meet with us. COVID sucks. Never lives a meme. Not she may a hella. Imtit nuli kosha in le habdala. Well, hello. We tried to connect with the congregation in Missouri City, Texas. Congratulations for finding us. So how was it that you came to be officers at Temple Bethel? Do the short straws. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's bad. I said, oh, well, she says, who, who did you go to meet in Galveston? Somebody who I know is a distant relative because we have the same name and we have the same pictures in our family albums from maybe five generations ago. What are their names? Nussenblatt. Oh my God! Oh! Like Francine Nusselblatt? So Francine wants to meet with me. We met Francine and I were in Sunday school class together. We were the only two girls. Hi, Francine. That's me. I'm good. How about yourself? Nice to see you. God, girl, you do not change. You do not change. We're getting our shots tomorrow. Right, what did you get, the Pfizer or the Moderna? We had slept in a truck lot. We're heading down to the border. And then we went to meet Claudio Kogan. And he gave everybody a tour of what was going on inside this shelter. Digan hola. Hola. Irma, dile hola. ¿De dónde vienen? Ella es la mamá. There were like three cities. Two of them are right on the border, McAllen and Brownsville. Just off from the border is a town called Harlingen, and it's smaller. And I had made connections with the person at the United Way there. And I say, you know, we're, we're passing through. We would love to meet with you. Also, if there's any member agencies that you could get together, we'll be by in about an hour and a half at 1030. All right, so I, I have some questions just on a general nature for everybody. The heads of every single agency was there. Just, just about every single one. There was Salvation Army. There was Loaves of Fishes. There was the Boys Club and Girls Club. There was a crisis relief center. Anyone can answer. How does the fact that you're a half hour away from the border affect what you do? 2019, we had about 2,000 migrants come through. We fed them, gave them a place to stay at night, helped them find their way on to someplace else. And we've got a group getting ready now for another migrant surge. Yeah. We think there's going to be pretty soon. Yeah. We've been hearing a lot about the refugees and the, the, and the immigrants. How would you describe them? Hardworking. 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 Hungry. Hungry. Essential. Essential. Potential. Oh, potential. A lot of potential. And so one person says, well, they really care about their family. Another one says they're among the most grateful and humble people. And he says over all the years and the thousands of immigrants that he has had at the shelter, he hasn't had a problem with a single immigrant ever. And I said, well, you're the ones that really see them. They say, you're right. And I, and I asked them, do you think that America would be better off if we closed our borders even more? And they said, no, absolutely not. It's interesting, the, the, the stuff that comes over the news about these people, and it's repeated and repeated. And they said... People don't do this, but you should view this whole area as one metropolis of about three million. I think most people who live in the Rio Grande Valley, we don't think of the other side of the river as something else. You know? We're one great megalopolis here. We view them as the same people. So what that they're in different countries? We, we, all of us here, we all stand united in helping all people. 
bottom line. We're all human beings. We're all children of, of God. You didn't know what their political leanings were. Mm-hmm. The only person on the whole trip that ever asked us for a blessing was at that time. Would you would you pray for us? Yes. We will pray for oh, you. Oh, it would be an honor. Yes. It would be an absolute honor. Dear God, you created one human being, and from that human being we all are sprung. You created that human being in the image and likeness of God. Help us to see one another as our siblings. Help us to look at someone who is different from us and see a new aspect of what God looks like. If they sneak in, they're told to just to walk north. It's a five-hour drive to Houston. So it's days and days of walking. Immigration has checkpoints all around. You can walk and walk, but at some point, you're going to get caught in the checkpoint. That night, when we were driving, Jeff was sleeping. All of a sudden, I saw these great big flashing lights. I'm driving through Texas. Hi. Hello, how are you doing, man? Good, how are you? You by yourself? My husband's in the back. Can I check it? Yeah, you want me to open the door? Oh, someone's coming. Can you? Yeah. Good evening. Do you want me to put my hand? Just the two of us. Thank you. And it turned out that I hit one of the checkpoints. And it's pretty, it's substantial. And there was a line of people without cars that were probably walkers that got caught in there. When we got three, four hours down the road, so we got up in the morning and we left. In San Antonio, there's the Alamo. One of the guards there, he did not want to be taped. He says, I don't do tapes. I said, what, what, what's so important about the Alamo? He says, because this is the foundation of American liberty. And I thought, that's interesting. The story of the Alamo is, this was Mexico. And Mexico was controlled by Spanish-speaking people with, with a little bit darker skin. And there were these Texians who were English-speaking and lighter-colored skin, and they came in. And the Mexicans didn't care for it very much. And they even told the English-speaking people, look, we don't want you here. This isn't your land. We're not taking any prisoners. We're going to kill anybody. The Texians there decided to fight to the very end. And the reinforcements didn't come. And we lost. It started a movement of revenge against those horrible Mexicans. And from that movement of revenge, remember the Alamo, remember what they did to us. We could have conquered all of Mexico, but I, I heard someone talk about, we just didn't want to have dark-skinned people in our country. So we called the line at the Rio Grande, and Texas became part of the United States shortly thereafter. The way that I was told the story is very much a story of us versus them. And the them is, are fearful people that will kill you. And they happen to be Spanish-speaking and darker-skinned. So that story superimposed on what we saw in Harlingen was not the same. Totally different. Yeah, and the same day that we went to see the Alamo, the, the president of the United States went to a border town, which was called Alamo, which was a few hours' drive away, asserting this... American value of us versus them. 
and we have to protect ourselves from those dangerous Mexicans with darker skin and speak Spanish. He was reinforcing that American value. It's not an American value that I think is a good American value, but it is an American value. It's, it, it's not like saying this isn't who we are. This is who we are, and we have to deal with it. We were motivated after that to drive. We drove a 1,000 miles to end up in Phoenix. We wanted to see Jeff's kids. So we got in around, I'd say, 11 o'clock at night, and Jeff just put our laundry bag outside the van on the floor. And the next day, <laughs> it came back folded. <laughs> is it open offer? If you ever feel tired, I'll buy you a hotel. This is so cool. Hannah does our laundry, cooks our breakfast, and Evan buys us hotel room. And it was the first time since Florida that there was warmth. During the day, it warms up so nice. So we call up this guy. Tour to the Wonderful podcast is produced by Turn to the Wonderful and Andrew Schwartz. Other members of the Tour to the Wonderful team include Ricky McGregor, Ben Fiedler, Yona Kiak, and our leader, Kate Mellitz. Music from the Underscore Orchestra and Mindy Glickman. Special thanks to Joel, Sandy, Charlotte, and Jim. Sinai Temple, Lake Charles, Louisiana. To Jessica, Bill, Gerald, Wendy, Felix, Zulima, Kathy, and Jim. The Whole Foods Delivery Dude. To Shelly, Jim, Newsomblatt, Nissenblatt, Francine. To Deb and Barb, Congregation Beth L, Missouri City, Texas. And thanks to Rabbi Claudio. Next up, the Glickmans reunite with family in Arizona, New Mexico, California, and the Rocky Mountain West. Join us next time, wherever you get your podcasts.